Have you ever had your dreams shattered? Have you ever built your life on one major outcome only to see that outcome disintegrate right before your eyes? Hey, what do you do when you put all your eggs in one basket and then that basket crashes to the ground? Do you curse God and die or do you trust God and live? Welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time, right here on American Family Radio. And today in the studio, we have my dear friend, John Pickett. John Pickett is one of the founding uh, board members at first or at from his heart ministries he has been a, a special and wonderful friend to me over these years and he has a special and wonderful testimony god did something so great in his life and it had to do with a shattered dream and how god picked up the pieces by the power of the cross and the empty tomb and by the power of christian broadcast ministry and god used those things in john's life to turn his whole life around. John, welcome to the program today. Thank you, Jeff. It's good to be here. Well, John, you have a very exciting story, and God has done great things in your life. And uh, I know we talk about shining and sharing, and and you shine for Christ, but you have a story to share that uh, resonates with people because many people know what it's like to have a shattered dream. So how does your story begin? My... uh, story begins um in 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 this this manner i i was born in a uh, small uh northeast louisiana town uh in a christian home my parents uh, were both christians my mom my dad i had two older brothers and um shortly after uh, my birth my uh, parents wind up moving to arkansas and uh we uh eventually wound up in uh, Little River County, Arkansas, southwest Arkansas. And um, at, the, at the age of eight years old, uh, our parents uh, had us in church. They raised us in a Christian home. My, I had two older brothers. By the time we moved to this small uh, southwest Arkansas community, uh, we had a younger brother. So there were four boys in the house. Two, two were my older brothers and then my younger brother Joe, our younger brother Joe. And um, they raised us uh, in church uh, in a Christian home. At the age of eight, um, I made a public profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, it was childlike faith. I gave all that I knew uh, of myself as an eight-year-old mm-hmm. to all I knew of uh, Jesus Christ, Son of God, um, Savior of humanity uh, and uh, uh, ask him to forgive me to say certain of that the date of that profession of faith in Jesus uh, certain that if I died I would go to heaven I would live forever there um was reinforced about a year later when during a revival um, the visiting uh, preacher 
during the revival service approached me and gave me a gospel track. Mm-hmm. First time I'd ever seen a gospel track. Yeah. Um, and he uh, asked me to please read this and um, share it. If I got a chance to share it with someone, to share it with someone. And I had a, a friend who came and sat beside me during the course of that service. And I had this gospel track in my hand reading it, and it was reinforcing my own salvation experience. I have a vivid recollection of it. And my friend asked me, what do you have there? Can I read it? And I shared particular service. Uh, my friend asked me if I would go with him to the front that he wanted to make a public profession of faith. And uh, so at that time in my life, even as a young child, um, the Lord was setting in me a very real gift of evangelism. And um, uh, I continued to grow as a young person, uh, junior high schooler. I was active in church and in youth groups and youth choir, things of that nature. But uh, as an older teen, as a high schooler, um, I began to spend less and less time with the Lord. Right. More and more time with sports. That's correct. Um, I, I began to get uh, bigger, stronger, faster, quicker, uh, more athletic, and um, figured out that the Lord had blessed me physically and athletically. And uh, I had I had big plans for myself as I entered high school that um, I wanted to play professional ball. And... Um, my what I wanted to do was to play in the NBA mm-hmm. and I set my plans in motion uh, that was my dream okay so you went to a, a small high school in Ashdown Arkansas that is correct okay so you were you're a big man on campus <laughs> I don't I don't know about that but but uh, but you know in a small school you you play every sport um, you, you play football you play basketball uh, you play baseball during the summer Right. Um, the one sport that I avoided was track. And that, <laughs> yeah. That's because I didn't want to run so much. But yeah. but I also wanted to uh, just play basketball and do some other things that that uh, didn't involve um, track sports. Didn't didn't think that I would do too well in that. But but with all of that said, uh, yeah, we we uh, Ashton was a small a small high school, but it was um, athletics was important. And uh, you participated in in all the sports if you were at that school, typically. Okay, your oldest brother David, six seven or so, uh, played NBA or played pro basketball overseas, right? That is correct. He was, okay. he was at that time they had um, I want to say ten rounds of draft uh, in the NBA, and and when he graduated from college. He was drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers. He went out to a summer camp um, following being drafted by them. And then they uh, connected him with a, uh, a pro team in France, and he went over there overseas and played professional ball there for a year. Right. So you have a lot, and your other brother Mark was a good athlete and good mm-hmm. good basketball player. He was a good basketball player. He went he went to uh, college on a football scholarship, Division One. He was a really uh, strong, fast, big, um, um, 
uh, athlete, really good football player, but he also played basketball. Okay. And so, um, in any event, we, we, we grew up playing uh, those things. You were always in the backyard with someone, and you had a whole bunch of friends uh, either over at your house or you were over at someone else's house, right. and, and you were competing. Yeah, not a lot of video games being played in the early seventies. <laughs> That's exactly right. right. You were you were outside and you were you were uh, you were running. Yeah, and playing. Playing. Okay, so you get a scholarship. I did. Uh, when I came out of uh, high school, I um, uh, was blessed to receive a uh, uh, athletic scholarship to play basketball, Division One. Really, really good school. Um, and uh, played, uh, wound up being on uh, several teams that had uh, a, a lot of professional prospects. Mm-hmm. Uh, played against a bunch of people who wound up in the pros. Played with people who wound up in the pros, and and that was that was my dream as well. Right. So, were you intimidated by those guys, John, or could you hold your own? No, no, I, I could hold my own. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting when you when you're around that kind of size and you're around that kind of uh, speed and quickness and things of that nature. Um, it's just a part of it. Right. Uh, if I get around it now, <laughs> it's a little intimidating. Yeah, no kidding. So, you and I have had a lot of conversations. You're just a little older than me, not not too much, but uh, we knew a lot of the same mm-hmm. people in that era. And uh, I remember you telling me one of the guys you played basketball against was Andrew Tony. That is correct. Yeah. And if, for those of you who don't know, Andrew Tony had a great NBA career. He did. He played for the Philadelphia 76ers, played with Dr. J. That is correct. And Daryl Dawkins and Moses Malone. Yeah. And, and they, that, he won a championship. That whole crew, yes, he did. Uh, Billy Cunningham was the, the coach during that period of time. They won an NBA championship in, in the early. 1980. So if you if you do a, a YouTube search on Andrew Tony highlights, that guy was a scoring machine. He was a horse, and he could jump. And he his first step was lightning fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, how'd you do guarding him? Not well, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, fond memories of of uh, playing against that kind of competition and and guys like that, uh, practicing against uh, guys similarly. Uh, Talented, um, had had um, uh, day in and day out um, opportunities to play against guys who uh, were really uh, gifted athletically and just good guys, and a lot of fond memories from from those times. Despite uh, a lot of uh, the hard times that you also experienced during that period of time, and, and certainly I experienced my share. Um, as 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 I was going through um, high school, as I mentioned. Um, I drifted uh, away from the Lord, and my personal relationship with Him suffered greatly, and uh, it continued to do so as I got to college. Mm-hmm. And um, you just get into, um, from the standpoint of my life, um, I, I uh, was just getting involved in a bunch of badness, mm-hmm. uh, just and and with bad choices or bad consequences. And uh, it didn't affect my schooling, didn't affect my classes. I, I continued to, to go to class. I continued to take care of my grades. I was uh, able to start all four years while I was in college. Uh, I, I played well. Had We had a lot of success from the standpoint of uh, our, our uh, athletic endeavors. Um, but my plans, my plans for my MBA uh, career 
uh, were coming to an end, and I could see those those dreams uh, coming to an end. And and at the conclusion of my senior year of college, those plans had literally been shattered. There was there was no MBA for me. And uh, so wait, John, mm-hmm. not to interrupt, but mm-hmm. so high school is the the time that you really formed this dream. I'm going to play in the NBA. That is correct. Okay, and then you get a scholarship, and you're you're doing well at at your college, mm-hmm. and um, and you're playing with Calvin Nat and some mm-hmm. other guys mm-hmm. that are NBA names, and um, so the idea that I can make it in the NBA that wasn't like pie in the sky. No, it was it was very real, and I'd seen my brother accomplish that goal. Uh, I saw others um, that were that I was either playing against or that I was seeing during the summer and playing against, um, and they were realizing uh, these goals coming to fruition. And so, yeah, it was a very uh, realistic goal to a young man. Um, that that uh, that that's that's what the goal was. That's what the dream was. That's what my plans were. And uh, everything was geared toward that. I've, I've said oftentimes that college was a means to an end for me. Uh, I went to college because at that time, uh, that's how you got to the NBA. That's right. how you got to uh, professional ball. You had to go through college. And so while I was there, uh, fortunately, I, I went to class. I took care of my grades. Uh, I ultimately graduated with, with honors. But, but uh, from the standpoint of my uh, athletic plans, um, it, they were just no more. And by the time I got to the end of my career, I was really just pretty well physically and mentally, uh, emotionally and spiritually. Uh, I was just uh, broken, and um, you know, and ultimately financially. Um, the outside appearance looked well and looked good, but I was a young man that was dying inside. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear the rest of that story when we come back from our break. We are talking to Texarkana attorney John Pickett. And John is uh, a dear, dear friend with a great story of how God met him at the point of his shattered dream and put the pieces back together of his life and gave him a vision of what life can be when you really walk with the king. You're listening to Real Truth for today, and uh, we are encouraging you with the stories of changed lives. Don't go away. Judy Goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation. What we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about. So we got very, very excited about this opportunity. With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come. We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so we just are really just trying to pray through it. And God gave us great confirmation as we prayed that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net. 
Hello, I'm Don Hawkins, here to tell you about Encouragement Live, 55 minutes of industrial-strength radio encouragement featuring resourceful guests plus practical biblical insights to help you face life's challenges. We'll be taking your phone calls, so plan to join us for Encouragement Live, Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central, 8.05 p.m. Eastern, here on American Family Radio. To sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ, that is the mission of the Christian Worldview Radio Program. I'm host David Wheaton, inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on American Family Radio. The communist government has spoken. There's no room for Christianity within the walls of China. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and the man named Katsu is an evangelical pastor, a little more than 50. He serves outside of Beijing. I won't identify his village. But I would guess he has been beaten in jail 25 times over the course of his ministry. Most recently, they beat him so severely he could not get up for a week. They let him go and told him to never speak of Jesus again. About a week later, a knock came on his door. He was somewhat reluctant to open it, but he found Hyo the bitter atheist interrogator who beat him terribly had one question that burned in his heart all week long. Why were you at such peace when we were beating you? So Katsu would open his door, open his Mandarin Bible, and lead this bitter atheist to faith in Christ together. They've witnessed thousands coming to Christ who all need Bibles in China. At $5 a Bible, would you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. You know, we read these words in the book of Ruth about a lady named Naomi. She was in uh, Bethlehem and left Bethlehem with her husband and her two boys and, and sojourned in the land of Moab. And after 10 years, she comes back. Her two sons have died. Her husband has died. And the people in Bethlehem says, say, is this Naomi? Naomi, that word means pleasantness. She said, don't call me Naomi. Don't call me pleasantness. Call me Mara, which means bitterness. Because she said, the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has witnessed against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? We're talking today to attorney John Pickett. And John had a dream, and that dream was to play basketball in the National Basketball Association. He had the skills, he had the talent. But John, that didn't materialize. And toward the end of your senior year in college, you realize this isn't happening. That's right. Um, so my plans for my life, um, I see those things shattering. Um, and I had one plan, plan A. I didn't have a plan B, <laughs> yeah. right? And and so um, when plan A is shattered, uh, I'm a 22-year-old young man wondering what am I – about to do with my life. I mean, wh- where'd I go? What'd I do? This is this is this is what I've worked toward. 
is accomplishing my plans. And so, um, you know, again, everything is, it, it looks good on the outside, but I'm, I'm dying on the inside. And as I mentioned a little earlier, I'm, I'm involved in a bunch of badness, uh, whether it's drinking, whether it's doping, whether it's partying, whether it's stealing, whether it's all kinds of immorality, those things are, are going on. And so I wind up um, selling insurance. And it was all commission sales. And um, six months after having graduated from college uh, with a bachelor's degree, uh, with honors, um, I'm now a 22-year-old man um, who, as I mentioned, I'm physically and emotionally, mentally, certainly spiritually, I'm broken and I'm dying. And now I'm broke financially because I'm not selling any insurance <laughs> yeah. okay and and so uh on a thursday night uh in november of 1980 um i uh was sitting in my little one bedroom furnished apartment um and i'm i'm angry and i'm crying um because the weight of all of it is just, it's on me. And so I, I raised my fist, literally, I can, I can still see myself there. Um, I raised my fist to uh, the Lord God and take his name in vain, tell him I'm not sure that I believe in him anymore, mm. and that he has taken from me everything that I ever dreamed of. And if the life that I have on this earth is as I'm now experiencing it, is what he has for me, I'm not interested. And I vowed to take my life that night. And it's a Thursday night, and as young people know, uh, the weekend starts on a Thursday night. And I wanted to have one last round before um, I was gone. And I was literally a 22-year-old young man a dead man walking. But I went out on a bender Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, didn't sleep. Um, finally made my way back to my apartment somehow uh, just in a drunken stupor. And um, it's either late Saturday night or it's early Sunday morning. And I pass out on the end of my bed. And I'm fully clothed um, and... Um, Sunday morning arrives and somehow at 7 a.m. on the morning of November 16, 1980 uh, the telephone in my apartment rings. It's a landline. You don't have cell phones in 1980. And again, somehow I'm awakened out of this drunken stupor. And I answer the phone and say hello. And on the other end of the line is a dear old family friend. Her name was Geneva Reedland. And she asked me uh, when I answered the phone and said hello. She said, John. And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, this is Miss Reedland. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, John, 
I've been praying for you mm. for the last two years. And I woke up this morning because, and, and as I was praying for you, the Lord so set you on my heart and told me that I must call you this morning, right now, and tell you what I'm about to say. And that is, I don't know what's going on in your life, but the living God does. And he wants you to know, John, that those who wait upon the Lord shall gain new strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not get tired. They shall walk and not become weary. The scripture, Isaiah 40, 31. She said, John, this is God's word to you. He loves you, John, and I love you too. Mm. And so <clears throat> I told Ms. Reed and I said, thank you. It was about a two-minute conversation. Mm. And at the end of a telephone conversation, I hang up, and um, I've got a decision to make. Man, I'm, I'm still fully clothed in all of the stink and stank and stench of the last three nights. And I can either chalk it up to religious gobbledygook, so to speak, or accept it for what it was and what it is. Mm -hmm. And so at the foot of my bed, I just kneeled. Mm -hmm. And I told the Lord, Lord, my life's a mess. And that's on me. Forgive me and just take my life and do with me as you please. Mm. And I get up from there, and I'm still mm -hmm. stinking. Right. And um, I've got bad habits to break. I've got spiritual disciplines to learn. I've got faith muscles to build. Mm -hmm. And I've got a life ahead of me that I've got to walk out. I've got to work it out. And... Um, did you did you sense after that prayer that that prayer was received? Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely, and um, and as I sit here today, over forty years later, uh, my life has not been perfect. Um, that's why I need a perfect Savior. Yes, and His name is Jesus, and. He began to put me back together uh, from that day forward. And what I have learned simply is that the Lord does not ever give up on you or me or anyone. And he does not want us to give up on ourselves or to give up on him. He does not want us to give out. He does not want us to give way. He does not want us to give in to whatever trials, troubles, tests, tragedies, temptations come our way in life. But he wants us to give up to him and mm -hmm. surrender and go on with him in his great grace for us, in his great love for us, for his great glory through our lives. Right. And uh, that's what I have known. That's what I have experienced over the last 40 years um, because I have experienced his plans for me. Right. 
and uh, his plans are so far uh, more excellent and more blessed okay. than my plans could have ever been. As I sit here this morning, I would say to you, as I've said to you before and as I've said through the years, I could never plan my life. The Lord has brought to, to be in my life his plans. They have been blessed. They have been good. Yeah. They have not been perfect. Uh, there have been trials and troubles and tests and temptations and tragedies, right. but there's been triumph. God is good. Life is hard. Faithful. Right. And God is loving. And he just wants us to continue to give up to him and go on with him. Right. So when you hit that place, you know, you have a choice. You can, as Job's wife said, Job, curse God and die. Or you can trust God and live. You can turn to God, surrender to God, John, like you did, and, uh, and see God take the broken pieces and put together something wonderful. You know, as you were saying that about that dear lady calling you out of the blue mm-hmm. at a time that just the, the exact right time that you needed that call. Uh, the, the name in the Old Testament, Genesis 16, that Hagar said about God, you are the God who sees mm-hmm. me. Uh, El Roi is the name for God, the God who sees me and the God who cares about me. Because, you know, in Genesis 16, she's an Egyptian maid. I mean, she's the lowest of the low. And God cared for her and God ministered to her and God came to her. And, you know, I mean, John, when we talk about who we are compared to God, we're nothing nobodies. Mm -hmm. And so you have a 22-year-old nothing nobody who has already cursed God Mm -hmm. and uh, is wanting to die. And God comes to that kid that guy, that young man, and says, I care about you. Amen. And uh, come to me, and I'll change your life. And he did. Um, you know, and it's, uh, it's interesting, the, the, the backdrop behind Ms. Reedland. The last time I had seen that woman and visited with her was when I was 20 years old. It was two years. And my parents and I had gone uh, to see the Reedland family. They lived down around the Houston area. They lived in Dayton, Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, she was a strong Christian, and um, she and I um, shared a lot during that period of time. I was doing a lot of listening to her and her testimony and her life and was just kind of sharing with her, um, you know, college and what a young person's life looks like and so on and so forth. But I had not had any communications or conversations with that woman since that trip. Yeah, and then two years later, to this day, I don't know how she had my number to my yeah. apartment. I don't know how she got it. I don't know anything about that. What I know is, is that she was the instrument through which God spoke to me mm-hmm. uh, and spoke His word into my life, and it has been my life's um, foundation. Um, since that morning, um, and um, so with with all of that said, it's the very foundation on which uh, God built His plans for my life and has worked those plans out um, for my life uh, from that day to this one. Amen. That's such a great testimony, John. And and uh, then there was a lot. There's lots to do. So it's not. Your life is not fixed at that point. That's In, correct. Internally, mm-hmm. I mean, there you're right with God at That's that right. point. And at, 
it, it may have been a salvation experience, but it, maybe it wasn't, but it was a returning to the Lord. Absolutely. It was definitely a prodigal son experience. Absolutely. I'm leaving the pigsty. I'm coming back. Uh, make me as one of your hired men. But the Lord never does that. He always puts a robe on our back and a ring on our finger and shoes on our feet and throws a party. And he says, I'm not going to make you like a hired man. I'm going to make you my own son and restore you to full authority as my son. And we're going to celebrate because as it says in the story of the prodigal son, this son of mine was dead and he's come back to life again. He was lost and has been found. And so don't you know there was great rejoicing in heaven that day when you prayed that prayer. And, uh, and so I'm assuming there was just a great release in your heart after you got up off your knees? There was. Um, in every sense of the word, a uh, prodigal son brought to his senses. Um, but as I mentioned, uh, you know, I'm still broke financially. Right. Yeah, right? that doesn't change. Um, I'm, I'm still, I've still got bad habits again that I've got to break. Right. I've got disciplines that, I, that I've got to undo and spiritual disciplines that I've got to put in place. I've got faith muscles that I've got to build. Um, and, and, and the Lord is, as, as I've uh, learned, he is the one that is responsible for working that out. Uh, but I've got to choose to show up to let him work it out. Right. And so um, at that point, um, I uh, one of the first things I did was find an old family Bible. And it was a Bible that was a King James Version and it belonged to my older brother. I just ran across it uh, at home. Mm -hmm. But I got that Bible shortly after that. Right. And it became my Bible. I'd also been given a living Bible whenever I graduated out of high school. And I found that Bible and I got those Bibles and I brought them back to that apartment. Yeah. And that's where the Lord began to put my life back together. Amen. The Bible is our uh, our milk, our bread, our meat. It's what we have to have in order to grow. So long for the pure milk of the word that by it you may grow with respect to salvation. We're talking to John Pickett, Texarkana attorney, who has a great story of salvation and restoration and transformation. And his story will encourage and is encouraging our hearts. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. You're listening to Real Truth for Today. And I'm your host, Jeff Shreve. I was injured at work in March of 2020, and I thought it was the worst thing that happened to me. And in that time being home, I discovered AFR, and I am so grateful for all your hard work that you do there. God is using American Family Radio to impact America. Thank you, and God bless you. You'll have an opportunity to help us continue to make a difference during our Spring share April 19th, 20th, and 21st. Join us. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. 
We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. We are not allowed to have a U-Haul that comes to heaven with us. Anna Marie Travers has an AFA Foundation charitable gift annuity. The Lord has given us uh, things that we can uh, acquire, but you know, everything will stay here. And I'm so thankful for for the American Family uh, Annuity Fund, where we can give some to something that we so highly value. Through the AFA Foundation, a charitable gift annuity provides a monthly income as well as a legacy of support for the American Family Association. I cannot uh, recommend a a better person than uh, they have at AFA to help you with getting your annuity fund. It was so easy. Call the AFA Foundation today to find out how you can set up a charitable gift annuity. Just call 800 326 4543, extension 345. Welcome back. You're listening to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. I'm talking today to attorney and deacon, John Pickett. John is one of my founding board members with From His Heart Ministries. He has made such a difference in my life over the years. He's a dear, dear friend. And as we left the last segment, John uh, came to really surrender his life to Christ, and he felt the, the weight of all his sins being taken away. He was the prodigal son who left the pigsty and came to the Lord and found the Father's arms open wide and began to read the Scripture, had, had a King James Bible and had a living Bible. Those are two very, very different <laughs> translations. Um, but then there was the power of Christian broadcast media. Talk about that, John. Absolutely. Um, so um, you choose uh, to uh, give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus. And then you choose to grow in a personal relationship with him. Um, and that is primarily through his word. Right. And uh, so with his word, I was I started getting up early in the morning uh, before work. And in 1980, um, you had some Christian uh, broadcasting opportunities 
but they were very early in the morning. Yeah. And that dovetailed with my work schedule. And so early in the morning, uh, I was listening to um, people like Marvin Gorham out of New Orleans, Louisiana, um, and others. Um, on the radio, I was listening to uh, Dr. J. Vernon McGee. And these men, uh, there was also In Touch Ministries was just getting started with, with Charles Stanley. These men uh, were helping me uh, in terms of my growth in understanding the scriptures, in growing in my personal relationship with the Lord Jesus, um, in my prayer life, and in my praise life, um, and, and trying to put into place the spiritual disciplines that I needed uh, to deal with trials and troubles and tests and temptations in my life, to, to build the faith muscles that I needed um, to build in order to stay focused on Christ and stay in fellowship with Christ and to follow Him. Um, and again, I go back to um, there's nothing perfect about uh, my life or the Christian life. Um, we still face stress. We still face pressure. We still face those things. Those things don't leave this world. The, the scriptures talk about the world's full of trouble. Right. Um, and and um, But again, the Lord just wants wanted me to know and he wants us to know that uh we got to have good endurance we gotta we gotta have a stay with it attitude we gotta right. have a can-do spirit and uh, that's what jesus gives us that's what he says that we can do all things through christ who strengthens us um that's a piece of it you got to have a can-do spirit about right. you you got to have a stay with it kind of attitude and that is given to us as christ followers from Jesus Christ by His Spirit, who's in us, and it is it is strengthened by His Word of Truth and Life to us. And so, between uh, the Word, uh, together with these uh, Christian broadcast opportunities, either on television or on the radio, uh, that's where I started growing. And I I have through the years believed that those television ministries those radio ministries uh, what I've learned is they can go places where I can't go right and um, so the opportunity uh, when you and I first met almost 20 years ago and from his heart ministries was in its infancy um, it was exciting to me um, the timing of it was exciting to me um, and to be uh, a part of that uh, has just been a blessing beyond um, because I know what that is. You can go into hotels, you can go into homes, you can go into prisons, you can go into jails, as well as um, uh, bringing those people into the church, whether it's the church here locally in Texarkana or whether it's wherever it is that they're located because uh, those ministries can go nationally, they can go internationally. And um, I know that for me personally, whenever um, um, I was, um, the Lord was putting me back together, uh, I had 
to search for a um, church home. And uh, I found a small church there in Monroe, Louisiana, and um, I stayed there for about a year. And then I moved from there, um, from the work that I was doing that was hard and hot and mm-hmm. dirty uh, and low paying. <laughs> and and uh, I had an opportunity to go to work in the oil field in the East Texas, North Louisiana fields. Uh, still hard work, very, mm-hmm. still hot, still dirty. Paid a little better. But paid a whole lot better. Yeah. And uh, so um, when, when uh, I made that move, um, again, you're looking for a church home. And um, for me, uh, I never will forget, I I was standing on the step of a large church um, in the Tyler, Texas area where I lived and um, was literally scared to death to go into that church Mm. because it was so big. Yeah. But I found... The Lord had another church for me to go to. Mm-hmm. It was a smaller church, a church of about 500 probably. And uh, the great part about this story is is that by taking me to that church and getting me involved in that church in the small groups mm-hmm. uh, that were in Bible study and things of that nature, I met a couple that was on staff at that church. And the staff member was a minister of music, mm-hmm. had a real good Bible preaching preacher. And so you had um, this couple that was minister of music and his wife, and then you had uh, the preacher, the daughter of that minister of music wound up coming to that church. Mm-hmm. That's where I met my wife. Yeah. And um, and the Lord was ahead of me all 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 the way. I mean, just ahead of me. Right. And uh, that's that's the timing of being in East Texas. Uh, I got that job through one of my older brothers, my oldest brother David. He he's oil field uh, industry, been an executive for years and years and years, still is. Just recently retired. But uh, in any event, it was during the course of that time that I met my wife. And, um, of course, um, we've been married now for almost 40 years and mm-hmm. uh, have, have children. And um, but, but the Lord uh, has been faithful through the years mm-hmm. uh, to, 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 to do with me, uh, faithful to my prayer to him to do with me as he has seen fit. And along the way, He's been pleased for me to know him and experience him. He's uh, had purpose to grow me in the knowledge and the experience of him. And he's also, uh, with his plans, uh, given me the opportunity to share uh, and and to teach and to impact and influence and encourage uh, and to help people along the way um, just countless and countless and countless times. And uh, forever I'll be thankful the plans that the Lord has for me. Amen. You know, John, when you were talking about uh, you got to grow, so the Lord doesn't, the Lord does everything, but he does it in in our cooperation. So it's God who's at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure, Philippians chapter 2. But at the same time, God doesn't 
he doesn't force you to read his word. He doesn't force you to pray. So we have to seek the Lord. And, and it says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, and you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Uh, I think one of the ways that we can know for certain that God has done a work in our life, when we leave the pigsty as you did as a 22-year-old and we come to the Lord, well, he changes us. He gives us a desire for him that we didn't have before. We had a desire for all these other things. Uh, the, you know, just like the prodigal, leaving the father's house and and wasting your wealth on wine, women, and song, that's fun for a season, but that season passes. And, and I tell people this all the time, that always leads to the pigsty. Mm-hmm. That kind of life is always, you may think you're having fun now, but it's going to lead to the pigsty and you're going to be broken, as one lady told me who uh, pursued all that, she got to the place where she said, I hate my life. Mm. You obviously hated your life, and, uh, and not only the shattered dreams, but just the, the uh, drinking salt water. It's not satisfying at all. Uh, the Lord satisfies. But, uh, John, as you said, that doesn't mean you're not going to have struggles. That doesn't mean you're not going to have trials. And just like spiritual growth is like physical growth, it doesn't come immediately. It comes eventually as you keep doing the right things. Uh, another thing that really struck me about your your testimony, John, is uh, how do you meet the right person? You have to start being the right person. Uh, Paula never would have been attracted to John Pickett, who was a drinking, selfish idiot. You're exactly right. Right. I mean, there there is no question that the guy I was before, I'm glad I never met Paul. Right. I'm, right. I'm glad. I'm glad our paths never crossed. Right. Because she would have. She would have never been interested in me. That's uh, exactly. It, right. it, it just wouldn't have happened. Right. Um, and you wouldn't have been interested. And I wouldn't in her. have been interested interested in her either. I mean, uh, that that's that's exactly right. I I, li- I like to say that God's grace is greater than all our sin. Amen. God's grace is sufficient for our every need. And God's grace is strong not only to save us from the penalty of our sin, but to save us from sin's power against us and over us. And we've just got to continue to give up to him and go with him in that great grace Mm -hmm. uh, for his glory through our lives. Um, And... and, uh, and just never give up on ourselves or give up on uh, the Lord God. Now, Romans fifteen thirteen, one of my favorite verses says this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, John, as we uh, get ready to close out in just a couple of minutes, you had lost hope, mm-hmm. and that phone call from that dear lady sparked hope again. Uh, what do you say to the person listening today that is running out of hope and they're about ready to say, I don't want to feel this pain anymore. I just want to check out. What would you say to them? This same God loves you. This same God, he, he loves you just like he loves me, just like he loves my wife and our girls. And he can and he will do for you what he's done for me what he's done for my family. He'll do it while you're here on this earth. He'll do it for all of eternity. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows you. 
and he's calling you. He wants you to know that he is real and that he really does love you. He's calling you to himself. Will you make the same choice that I did mm-hmm. and choose to answer his call? Right. Now, if you had said no, if you hadn't answered the phone or whatever, you just said, well, why are you calling me? And you probably would have taken your own life. Yes. So you were that close to yes. just saying, I'm done. I, I knew. I right. knew. I knew how that was going to end. Yeah. You know, another name for God that's not found in the Bible, but it really is a good name, is uh, Jehovah Nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> because the Lord really does come to us at the in the nick of time. He, he is not only El Roi, the God who sees us, but he's the Amen. God who provides and the God who's there right at the right time. Just as Abraham was getting ready to slay his son, Amen. Abraham, Abraham, hold back your hand. Uh, for now I know that you fear me. And Abraham called him Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh Jireh. You are the God who provides for me. Amen. And God has provided for you, John, in such a great way. Doesn't mean you don't have struggles because you still do. And uh, But God has used your life in a tremendous way. And you've shared this testimony uh, with uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of people today uh, across the airwaves. And, and we are grateful to God for you. And so listen, if you are struggling, uh, just know as we get ready to celebrate Easter, there is a cross on Friday, there's an empty tomb on Sunday, and my message for Sunday, Easter Sunday, is the resurrection and redemption, and when the angel uh, met those women at the tomb, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter. I'm not done with Peter. Even though he denied me, I'm not done with him. And God is not finished with you. God has a plan for you. Hey, go out today, shine for Christ, and share what great things the Lord has done for you and glory and rejoice in him. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.